my name is Kim. I'm our Next Steps pastor here. And this is Jordan, and he is our digital slash online, also a teaching pastor here. And so we get to wrap up our Margin series today. And if you haven't gotten a chance to be here or watch it, please do. We have had so many great conversations with people who are actually diving in and looking at their lives and figuring out, gosh, do I have margin? Don't I have margin? And a couple weeks ago, Trevor started us off because he's just so passionate about this, and especially when it comes to youth, kids, but also with all of us. And what things are we, we making priorities in our lives and what things are we pushing out? And then last week, Bruce and Brad were up here on stage, just like Jordan and I are, and they really took a dive into relationships and really really got truthful about their own lives and what is needed in order to have depth in relationships. Yeah, we were talking, my wife and I, Marissa, last night, and I was, just randomly, she just brought up, she said, you know, I want um, Uriah, our son, to just be really good at making people laugh and loving people. Hmm. She said, I think that's what would be success for me. And I was in the youth um, last week teaching for the youngins while Trevor and Courtney were in Colorado. And so I didn't get to be a part of the message for Brad and, and Bruce. And so when she said that, I was like, huh, why, why, do you, why are you, you know, thinking about what he would make him successful? And it's like, wow, well, Brad and Bruce last week really got me thinking, asking the question about for our children, for ours, how do we define success? Mm-hmm. And it was really cool when she had said that. She said, you know, I just, if my son is good at um, bringing people happiness and loving people like Jesus did, that, that would be successful for me. I would feel like as a parent, and, it, and as I see him and how happy he is, and we've been so blessed with a joyful baby, um, I couldn't care less if he goes to the Olympics, if he plays high school sports or like his dad is on the bench or <laughs> wants to pursue a rap career or show choir or drama right. or theater or speech and debate, also like his father. <laughs> and, um, you know, at the end of the day, what, what I, you know, early on in his life, I've realized since I have this child now, that for me, my, the number one priority is that he knows mm-hmm. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, that's Amen. what it comes down to. It's like, if Uriah knows Jesus, if Rai it lives into his name, God is my light. That's what Uriah means. If, yeah. if that is what it comes down to, the other things don't matter. Yeah. They, they can provide some happiness, mm-hmm. sometimes some moments of pleasure here on earth, mm-hmm. but that's all they are. Moments of pleasure and happiness. They're not joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. That's right. And so that's just kind of the series that we're in. What does margin look like for us? This safe space, these boundaries, and how we can apply that safe space, that, that rest um, uh, within our, our lives, our schedules, our priorities, our busyness, and all of those fun things that that includes. And as we were talking about today, how we wanted to wrap up the message, uh, the series Margin, uh, you had mentioned, you said, you know, how about we start out by talking about how bad um, Dad and I, you and Dad were yeah. at Margin growing up. And I looked at you and I said, Mom, you and Dad were incredible at this concept. Like, this is one of those things where my parents established very early thing. on. It was the one thing. thing. It was one of those <laughs> things that they did right was establishing boundaries, healthy boundaries, establishing a Sabbath where we took a day of rest, establishing, establishing seasons of Sabbath where we would literally take an entire winter off of sports or an entire spring off of like activities where the students, yes, they came home and we just like 
were there. You know, we didn't have something else going on. There was even a time in my life where I got super anxious during my ninth grade year when I started battling with anxiety, and I was coaching C3 Sports Soccer, and you and Dad pulled me out of coaching so that I could focus on my mental health. And at the time, I hated you guys for it. I had no desire, because sometimes when you are raising children, Mm-hmm. You have to establish that you have to take away good things in order to experience yeah. what's great. And yeah. so today we're going to talk about two areas. One, what happens when you don't establish margin in your life? And then two, why so much of our um, rebellion to margin, our rebellion to safety, our rebellion mm-hmm. to Sabbath, to rest, stems from an area of fear. That's right. And so as we were processing this and looking at this, um, it reminded me a lot of our guardrail series. If you remember our guardrail series a couple of years ago where we talked about, you know, guardrails are important, but you really don't know you need them until you need them. Right. And it's very similar about margin is so many times on staff we hear of a youth student walking away or refusing to... Um, you know, as they get older in high school and they're around less, oh, well, because college recruiting and all, you know, college visits or this and that, and, and their parents get frustrated. And then we look at the parents' attendance in small groups or with church commitments or whatnot, and the right. boundaries that are established there, it you really does fall them. from the tree. And then their lives, their marriages start falling apart. Right. Their relationships start falling apart. Their students don't want to come back to church after, you know, they go away to college. And they ask the question, well, why is this happening? Right, right. And we look back and we're like, because you didn't establish margin. Right. Way back here. Yes. Way back here. And, and, and unfortunately, like we've been talking about, our culture, it prides itself on busyness. And yeah. so all those things, we just naturally do them because everyone else around us is doing it too. It's how culture is formed. It's how culture is formed. And you see it uh, when you watch things. You see it on social media, your friends. You see your, their, their kids are in this and their kids are in that. And then I, they're doing this. And, they're, and everything, you see everything. And, and if you're like me, you think I should do it all. And even for adults thinking a 40-hour work week, which other countries have already determined like right too much 30 hours right. is what you know a lot of european um you know businesses are starting to mandate as full right. time now 40 hours is it's like nothing. the minimum it's You're like why are you only 50, working 40 60, hours 70. that's ridiculous yeah, exactly. you should be working you know it, it's like we we tell tell each other almost like a, a badge of honor like oh yeah, I had to work 70 hours this week, not because we want sympathy, because we want praise. Right. And so then the question is, what about God? Does God value this like we do? Is busyness, does God look at us and go, wow, good for you. You're working 50 to 70 hours a week. Good for you. You're busy. I don't think so. And the more I've looked into this, the more I've realized that there is an underlying factor I believe the main factor of why we keep busy, and that's fear. I think if we really stopped and we sat down with each other and said, why do we keep so busy? Why are we involved in so many things? Why do we have our kids in every single thing? Why won't we stop saying yes to everything around us? It's out of fear. And so Mm -hmm. there's a few things that maybe resonate with you, some different reasons why we fear, which leads to busyness, which squishes out our margin. And one is, I've got this majorly, it's the fear of missing out. FOMO. FOMO, yes. 
And, uh, Good old FOMO. Yes. The friend that we all love. Yes. And, and I would guess as parents, you have that for your kids. Yep. Yeah, right. and then you've got fear of losing control. Yes. Or um, fear of not accomplishing all we want or think we need to. Right. One that I uh, wanted to add was um, fear of confrontation or addressing the problem at hand. Right. Where some of us stay so busy because if I don't, then I have to address my marriage or my singleness or my relationship with God yes. or my children's you know, needs and all that. So I'm just going to work and work and work and overwhelm myself until all of a sudden, just like with guardrails, you don't know you need them until it's there. And then it's almost too late where you have to start from the ground roots and start from the bottom up. Absolutely. Another one I I thought of is fear of relying on others. Again, our culture is independence. Independence is a great thing, but God didn't make us for that. God has made Mm. made us to be dependent on him Mm -hmm. and each other. Mm -hmm. And we have to flip that mindset. Um, And another one is fear of letting someone down. Our friends, or maybe even people that we would say are our friends, but maybe aren't even that great for us. That's honestly, and this is something Trevor talked about and Brad and Bruce with what does it look like to be a real friend. Honestly, if you look, if you made a list of people that you genuinely trusted with your life, and if you're a parent with your kid's life, or as a, uh, if you're single with your best friend's relationships, rather than just the people who you associate with who have become our friends, so many of our relationships have become toxic or vampire-type relationships where they suck the life out of us rather than... uh, And we don't have time for anything else. Exactly. So we look... um, one of my kiddos just spent some time a few weeks ago going, gosh, I think... Well, who was it? I need to look at. It <laughs> wasn't this one. Which Peyton? wasn't And Peyton's here. If you haven't noticed, he's here today. Yay. My man. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, so we all need to take a look because some of us, especially people pleasers, think we're supposed to give time to every single person. And there's a difference between from loving your neighbor and being kind and generous. And then there's this toxicity that that comes from pouring your whole self out to people that literally are draining you. Yeah, and so you've got all of these different fears and you're walking through just the fear of this and the fear of that, even if you're not associating it necessarily with, excuse me, fear. One of the other things too is um, we try to earn God's love by how much we serve how much we volunteer, yes. how many Bible studies we do, how many version plans we read. And it's just busyness. And it's really just busyness, what yeah. it comes down to. And we say, well, you know what? Those are good things. This whole entire margin series, relationships are good things. Yes. Singleness is a good thing. Marriage is a good thing. Yes. Okay? Proverbs says that he, or I think it, it's Solomon who writes, he who has a wife has a good thing. Okay? Mm-hmm. You can have too many good things where they become overwhelming, draining, and toxic in your life where you have to say no or even yes to some good things in order to establish the great thing. And that's what this entire series has boiled down to. And it comes down to this, you know, idea, this theme that you shared with me that I thought was brilliant is that fear drowns out margin Mm -hmm. and 
drowns out love. Absolutely. And you can exchange fear for busyness, mm -hmm. drowns out margin, and drowns out love, or expectations, or success, or reality, whatever it may be for you. And here's the, the coolest thing about Jesus is the number one thing that he talked to and, and, and discussed all throughout the Bible, God throughout the Bible, the number one used command is do not be afraid. Okay, mm -hmm. Jesus, when he's talked the most throughout the gospels, the number one thing he talks about is the kingdom of heaven. Yes, okay? yes. And so if you combine the number one command that's used throughout the Bible, do not be afraid, yes. to the number one thing Jesus talks about, the kingdom of heaven, it means that when we're ushering in the kingdom of heaven, it's supposed to be a kingdom of, of love. love. Absolutely. And this goes right along with our next, our scripture passage here. It's found in 1 John chapter 4. And this is what it says. This is how we know that we live in him, Jesus, and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. We rely on it. And then it goes on to say, God is love. Whoever lives in love and lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. And I love this next part. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Mm. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. And we love because he first loved us. Mm, I love that part right there, verse 18. It's, it's the second half of one of the most popular verses throughout scripture that says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And usually that's what you see on the billboards or that's what you see on the photographs. That second part is actually really fascinating to me. It says, because fear has to do with punishment. Yes. Okay, I'm reading a book right now called um, How God Changes Your Brain. It is written by two non-Christian neuroscientists who have done decades of research and have shown that while they don't believe in God, that if you spend time praying and meditation and resting, that it literally, 12 minutes a day literally changes your brain, mm -hmm. okay? Heals but it. Mm -hmm. it can change either for the positive mm -hmm. or for the negative because it's how you view God. If you view God wow. in a loving way, then you will see astronomical, exponential growth in a positive way Mm. mentally, with your anxiety, with your depression, with your struggles. Mm -hmm. However, those who view God as a punisher, those who view God as... Um, Legalism, uh, Fearful, yeah. um, as condemning, as mm -hmm. evil, and that's what their prayer life looks like, um, they start to see exponential negative impacts mm -hmm. on their brain. But what's fascinating is... This was written in 2010, so the data is a little bit skewed from 12 years ago. 50% of the people who claimed to be religious or Christian, mm. 2010, viewed God as a God that punishes yes. rather than a God who loves. Mm -hmm. And so that's become, that was the norm, and right. I would argue that's it's higher now. normal now, too. I, I would believe it's even higher now. Absolutely. I, 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 when I talk to people, and I'll, I'll ask them the question, when, when you're with God, look in his face, what do you see on his face? Mm. And oftentimes it's, well, he's sad or he's disappointed. Mm -hmm. He's angry. Yep. 
not love and hashtag add. Um, if you haven't started watching my Next Steps videos, I talk about that relationship with God being face-to-face -face and a God of love mm -hmm. and more like a dance than it is about this race. And so that is so absolutely true. Yeah, perfect love drives out fear. Fear robs us of connecting to and growing in perfect love. It does. And of going deep. It does. And I was thinking of, um, I don't know if you remember when you were learning to swim, and we were at <laughs> oh, the Oh, I remember. It was very traumatizing. Yes, it, we were at next. My mom literally just threw me in, you know? It's kind of hard Did to... Did not. Yeah. Don't, don't ever <laughs> listen to him. Like, on stage, yes, but when he's talking to you, like, especially about me. I'm don't. on stage now, though. So, like, I she know. just threw me in. Yeah. It was crazy. Don't. Funny. <laughs> so... Dan and I, my husband and I, were, were watching him at NAX, and um, we must have been talking, huh, surprise, and all of a sudden he wasn't in the pool with the others, and he was at the deep end with one of the coaches, and um, he's like, where did Jordan go? And so we look around, and he ended up going in the bathroom, and you were like huddled in the corner, shaking. I was actually in the corner of the stall. Yeah, of a stall, shaking. Yeah. yeah. It was and my safe place at the time. Yes. <laughs> yes. And, I, and what we realized is, is how he was so fearful of the deep end, and I got thinking about relationships, and that he, um, a few months later, we were with friends, and I think that you felt more safe and secure, and we look over, and you're jumping in the deep end. Mm -hmm. And there was something with that that made me realize, are we staying shallow with our relationships? Mm. Are we staying shallow in, in loving God and loving other people? Or are we willing to jump into the deep end? And I think that's part of what I was hitting on a little bit earlier is why so many of us establish busyness in our schedules yeah. and exclude margin yeah. is because it is safer right. for us how we feel to be huddled in the corner and to not go into the depth right. of relationships or right. not go into the depth of rest, right. okay? That's a big one where so many of us, it's hard for people, some people, to stop what they're doing and just be still for an entire day. For sure. Like, oh, like that is what we saw. 15 the, minutes sometimes right. it's hard for and, me. And they're like, well, that causes me anxiety. Like, that's not how I find Sabbath, okay? Mm-hmm. When people tell me that, when I see that, I'm like, well, Jesus literally would go up to mountains and just be, be still and pray for hours. In Jewish culture, it was common to pray for eight hours at a time, 12 hours at a time. That was, that was common. Like, that was a part of their routine. And we're like, mm, I can do the five minutes in the car. And you're like, okay, there's no depth there. Like, there's you're no not depth. able, like, again, all prayer is good, but Jesus establishes something that's great. And right. says, hey, go into your room, close your doors, right. and be. Right, and be with me. In the deep end. Just let go, let go of everything else and be with me. So um, we wanted to give you a way to do this because it's real easy to sit here on a Sunday morning. I know I do this too, and I hear something, and I'm like, yeah, that is so good. And I walk away, and I look at my calendar, and it's filled. And then Sunday comes around again, and oh, we're in the margin series, and I haven't really created any margin. And what we do is we'll say, well, this week's already filled, so I'll start next week. Yeah. Okay? I'll start on Monday. I'll, I'll start, start on you Monday. Know, I'll start that. <laughs> and the reality is, because this is the second half of the message where we're talking about, if you don't establish margin, mm -hmm. establish boundaries, mm -hmm. establish rest, establish Sabbath, establish respect for your soul, yes. then this will spiral down, become toxic, become broken, become damaged. And some of it will be without being able to be saved. Right. And so you'll have to start from the ground up. Right. And so that's why it's so important um, where, you know, you have this great idea of like, hey, yeah. what if we printed out 
yeah. a calendar, yeah. an hour by hour, minute by minute, 15 yeah. minute section calendar for people yeah. to really be able to look at that. It wasn't my great idea. I, I, I robbed, I stole, stole it, but it's Wow, okay. you just had conviction there because they weren't going to know. They weren't going to know. They were going to have zero so, idea. It's like how Brad said he, he wanted to come to the F gathering. Yeah, like, he's not he's coming. He's not going to show up no. to the F gathering. No, he's not you know, coming. <laughs> you know, he's not I, coming. I had to call him out too because, yeah, you know. He, exactly. Yeah, okay, exactly. Brad. So, but yeah, so we're going to give out to you a calendar today. There's going to be a couple different calendars, but one for adults, and it's just a list from 12 a.m. to 12 p.m., like mm-hmm. 24 hours with slots. And um, we want you to take this. We want you to fill Fill it in with sleeping, eating, TV, social media, work, homework, time away. What TV are you doing? Time, anything, anything. Like driving to your sports, sports events, driving um, with to your, your kids, dinner like, dates, yeah, small groups. Um, appointments, anything. Fill it in. It's a day thing. You can even, um, Jordan's going to go ahead and also have an opportunity for you to print more off at home because I know each day is a little bit different, but we wanted to give you one so that you could start looking at it, so you could look at it and go, where's my margin? Mm-hmm. Where do I have any time? Mm-hmm. Where have I, am I making space to be still? And if you're like me, the first time I did this, I, there was nothing. And we can almost, again, we can look at it and go, ooh, look at me, I'm so busy, you know, and, and pride ourselves on that, and that is not Or we can God. look at an empty sheet and be like, I have so much free time to fill up. Right. <laughs> You're like, even if it's like for some of us, that would look like just an hour. Like, wow, I have right. an hour. What can I do? What can I do? I'm going to fill it up with something. How about just like nothing and just rest? Go pray. Right. Go read. Go right. walk. Go write. Right. Go eat. Right. You know, that's your love language. Go for it. You exactly. Know? And so the, the big thing we want you to do with this is, is look at it. Be honest with yourself. And if you can't figure it out, talk to someone. Talk to your spouse. Talk to a friend. Have them look at your calendar and go, am I adding everything here? Or am I forgetting things? Um, Because truth be told, if you're like me, you get to the end of the day and you go, gosh, I didn't do anything. What did I really accomplish today? Um, So really be intentional with it. But then what we would love you to do is take a look at it and be really honest and say, where am I doing things out of fear? Mm -hmm. Where am I doing things that um, is driven because I'm afraid of missing out or I'm afraid of what someone thinks or I'm afraid of this, afraid of this. If you struggle with doing it, you know, beforehand, d- take a look at your day and go back and fill it in after the day is all done. And then, this is the big piece of it, we want you to take at least 15 minutes of one thing that is driven by fear And ask God to give you the strength, the power to remove that Mm -hmm. and replace it with love. Yeah. Yeah. Ethan, I'm going to skip ahead to the next, not the Corinthians verse, but the Timothy verse. This is 2 Timothy 1.7. Paul is writing to Timothy and he's mentoring him. He says this, for the spirit of God does not make us timid, but gives Mm -hmm. us power, love, which we've talked about. And then that third part and self-discipline. That's, again, another one that we want to focus on for this series, okay? You're going to have to establish those spiritual practices. You're going to have to force yourself in some instances to rest. For some people, that's hard. You're going to have to say, hey, we have a free night. Kids aren't going to hang out with friends. 
parents aren't going to work on the computer. We're just going to be a family, hang out, do a game night, watch The Bachelor, Matt's favorite show. And we're talking about no, all don't of these watch that with your things. kids, please. Yeah, not, yeah. <laughs> scratch that. Uh, scratch that. Again, don't listen to Jordan on stage. And so as you're looking at all of those things, there's that concept of how important it is for if you're a parent to not only set the example for your child, okay, because we're very mindful of how our parents live. My mom and my dad, my dad, I mean, his Sabbath, his rest, his Friday, no work allowed. Right. We would go on vacations and all of us would be forced to leave our phones at home yeah. for the entire week. The kids, we hated it. We pushed back so hard. My girlfriend at the time, we didn't last throughout the week. It was <laughs> awful, okay? That's telling. Sometimes you have to be the bad guy. No. Sometimes you have to be the bad guy or gal in order to set your child up for success. Right. And then as an adult, whether you have a child or not, sometimes you have to be self-disciplined, force yourself to do the exact same thing. Absolutely. Because the sad thing about it, as you get older is you don't really have accountability. Right. Okay. Unless, of course, it's through the law. Mm -hmm. But even in those instances, like, again, at that point, it's too late. Right. Okay. Establish the margin yeah. of discipline. Lean into this calendar. Some of you might be like, I'm not doing that. I have my phone. That's part of why we printed one out is we yeah. want to get you away from devices yes. so that you can see the full 24 hours yes. and say, this is where I'm spending my time. This is what I'm cutting out. This is what I'm living into fear. This yes. is the depth. And then lean into a posture of humility Right. And rest. Right. And that verse again, um, you talking about the power. Remind yourself that it's not about you. It's about the power of the Holy Spirit. The, the song we sang about him defeating strongholds, and there's power in his presence. He does. A stronghold is fear. That's one of the strongholds. He can de defeat it. And so to come to him and just say, okay, I've got this calendar Okay, God, I am scared to death to cut out anything. Mm -hmm. What if my kid stops playing basketball and he doesn't make the team next year? Or what if they miss it? They're not good enough to compete with their friends. Yes, and yes. Or, you know, what if I say no to this friend and this friend gets angry with me? Um, you know, there can be so many things. Ask yourself, why am I afraid? And then ask the Holy Spirit to help you because the truth is, is he wants you to cut something out in order to be with him. Yeah, and so here's the last thing that we're gonna close with today. We don't want you to just cut, cut something out. What we've learned with everything, and this is actually, um, we're doing a 21-day fast on our Facebook campus um, right now where it's not just a food fast. It can be, for me, I've cut out personal social media usage for 21 days, the last 21 days of February. And then you have to replace that which you cut out with something healthy, yes. something positive, yes. okay? Something, a spiritual practice, a spiritual something discipline, something love. restful, something loving. And so that is what we want to invite you to do. Say, hey, take that time that you cut out and replace it with rest. Mm -hmm. Replace it with relationship. Replace it with humility. Replace it with love. Replace it with family time, with reading, with things. Because if you just cut it out, and this is the same thing with any addiction, if you just were to cut out pornography from your life, but not replace it with something positive and healthy, your body is it's literally grieving a sacrifice. Your body physically grieves that which you cut out. And so if you don't replace it with something, you're not going to be able to, it's why after six, seven days of giving up or giving into a New Year's resolution, if you don't replace that which you cut out, that's right. why so many people get back into that which they wanted to get rid of. And so mm -hmm. how we want to close today, okay? 
Fill out the calendar. Yes. Lean into it. Make copies at home. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to post the links on our Facebook campus. If you're not a part of it, hashtag ad. Find me in the back, and we will get you on our Facebook campus. Right. Print out multiple copies. Fill them out right. with yourself, with your family. Yeah, we have another one besides the one for adults. We have one for you and your kids. For you and your kids. And it's just real simple with all different colors, and sit down with them and let them either draw pictures if they can't write yet, what does your day look like? What do you start with? What is it like at school when you come home? Like, and, and ask your kid, is there any mark? Is there any space? Maybe that's a better word for younger ones. Is there any space for you just be? Space, free time. Free time yeah. for you, for God, for others. Where's, where, where can we add, where can we take things out and, and fill it with love? And then watch God work. And then watch God work. Hey, let's pray. Heavenly Father God, thank you so much for your example through Jesus who often would isolate himself and spend time with you, would isolate himself and spend time resting, would be praying, would be meditating, would be enjoying a Sabbath, would be leaning into this concept of margin. And God, we've gotten so far from that in our culture, in our relationships, in our marriages, in our child's life, in our singleness, in our church, in our culture, that it has become easy to live into fear rather than to live into love. I ask for forgiveness. And I pray, God, that we would step into a posture of humility and self-discipline. In your name I pray, amen.